Welcome in to another edition of J&J Fantasy Talk. This is episode three. I am Jackson Kane. I'm joined by Jesse Toops via satellite once again. And one thing I wanted to include here at the beginning of this third edition of the podcast is we've taken a little bit of a hiatus, and that is because we've had a little conflict as far as our schedules go, so we apologize. Jess, what's going on? Not much. Just uh, enjoying the day. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How's uh, mock draft season going for you? Uh, Mock draft season's in full tilt right now, Jackson. (laughs) For sure, for sure. We uh, we've actually got two two drafts together here tomorrow Sunday, so it's going to be exciting stuff. And I know Jess is already mad at me because I got the first pick in his draft. So that's that's very nice. Yeah, uh, you're a real good friend for that, Jackson. <laughs> All right, let's get things going here on episode three. Uh, We've got three segments planned for you guys today. The first one is Fantasy Football Comeback Player of the Year. I'm pretty excited about that one. I know Jess is as well. Um, After that, we're going to head into preseason slash training camp risers and droppers. And what that means is basically guys we weren't so high on heading into camp that have kind of risen up our ranks and then somebody who has dropped a little bit. And then we're going to touch on some injuries. I think that'll be, you know, informative and fun to talk about some injuries heading into week one. So without further ado, let's get going here. We're going to start with Fantasy Football Comeback Player of the Year. And Jess, I'll let you start us off. All right, sounds good. So this is a player that personally burnt me really bad last year and originally I did not want to to make this my comeback player of the year and I, I started writing about somebody else and then I pivoted because it's just the argument's just there it's just there so here it is uh, running back for the Jacksonville Jaguars Leonard Fournette okay. uh, what can you say about last year it was extremely disappointing especially for a second round pick um, he played eight games, and really it was pretty much six games counting the early exits of week one and week four. He had 133 carries, 100, or 439 yards, five touchdowns, 26 targets, 22 receptions, 185 yards, and one touchdown. Uh, he had 3.3 yards per carry, which was a downgrade from his rookie year of 3.9. Um his rookie year was pretty good. He played 13. He had 1,000 yards, 9 touchdowns. He had 36 receptions, 300 yards touchdown. So let me just break down what happened last year. For everybody who wasn't a Leonard Fournette fantasy owner, so you understand why it was so bad <laughs> and why he is a comeback potential player of the year. In week one, he exited early. And because of that, he ended up having a bad fantasy game. Then he was out until week four, which uh, he missed two games in that time period. And guess what? He came back, re-aggravated his injury, and left early. And he had a bad game again for fantasy. This time he's out for five games in a row. He comes back week 10 after his bye, and he has a great game, unexpectedly, out of nowhere. Two touchdowns. He got the volume even though he had a bad yard per carry, 24 for 53 yards. So... 
I mean, people who weren't scared to start him from his last two games that were early exits, they got a good game out of him. And then week 11 and 12, solid games. So three straight games in a row that were solid. And then he gets suspended week 13 because he got in a fight week 12. So he comes back week 14, has another bad game, bad volume. Week 15, same old story, bad game, bad volume. And then week 16, your championship week, he salvages a bad fantasy week with a touchdown and gets about 13 points. So he played what says eight games in the in the uh, I don't know, in the stats, but really he really only played about six. And the extra two games that they have on there are games you probably started him and got burnt for it. Last year was a fantasy nightmare. He's he's injured. He's re-aggravating his injury because he's not fully healthy when he's getting put back in the games too quick. Uh, you're not knowing if you should play him when he's available out of fear of an early exit. Then he gets suspended, and then sometimes during the season he was unproductive with his volume, and some games he got game scripted out early. And I know this is not making a very good argument, but this happened. It was also last year, though. So we got to keep that in mind. You have to stay fluid and not let the year before burn you too bad on your future of picking people. So this offseason, there is no injury news about him. All that all that you hear about him is good things. He's in better shape physically and mentally than last year, uh, according to Roto World. Uh, his passing game is expected to go up. Uh, I have some pros and cons, and way more pros and cons, but I just wanted to touch on all of them. Uh, He's going to have the workload. He has no imminent incoming threat behind him at running back that I feel is going to be able to take his job. He's the goal line back. It's that simple. We've seen it in preseason, and it's just that's just what it is. He is the goal line back. No one's going to take his job. Uh, Jacksonville has good defense, and because they have a good defense, they have uh, lower scoring games than usual, and they have more carries because the game's normally tight and they're not too far away from the competition because of their defense. Also, they upgraded at quarterback with Nick Foles, and they have a new offensive coordinator who loves to throw the ball, which is going to open up the offense. Maybe we'll see less stacked boxes against Leonard Fournette, and he'll get more pass work and possibly be game script proof if the head coach decides that Leonard Fournette is the running back they want out there every time they throw the ball. So, just touch on a few cons that you just need to keep in mind. His injury history is bad. In two years, he's played 21 out of 32 regular season games. But the good news is, there's been no injury news of now. Uh, we just presume he's healthy and fine. Uh, his offensive line's not very good. PFF ranked them, Pro Football Focus, they ranked them 21st this year. The Huddle ranked them 25th just to get another another uh, look for somebody else. In 2018, after Week 9, Pro Football Focus ranked them 22nd. So that's a one-spot difference between what they expect and what they did last year. So uh, not middle of the pack, not the worst. And the offense has not been a great offense by any standard for a while now. Uh, last year, their points for rank was 31st, and their yards were 27th. So what we're getting out of Leonard Fournette is you're getting a three-down back that is healthy, 
He's an upgrade. He has an upgraded QB. He's going to have a more versatile offense. Um, he's going to he's going to have the workload. He's got the pass catching duties, and he's got a discount at the draft. This is the lowest draft cost you'll you've had to pay for Leonard Fournette in his career. He's going in the middle of the third round as a 25th player off the board in 10-man half point. Uh, I'm comfortable with him as my running back one. Uh, if he's your first running back after two wide receivers are taken, so you take maybe DeAndre Hopkins and, uh, I don't know, like Antonio Brown in the second round and then Leonard Fournette for your third running back. I'm or for your first running back. I'm cool with that. And he, I'm very comfortable with him as my running back, too. My only real fear is injury but he is healthy for now and i really believe he's gonna bounce back jess believe it or not leonard fournette was also my fantasy football comeback player of the year but i'm gonna pivot (laughs) um i actually had two other guys that i was thinking about putting here obviously my boy david johnson is one guy i've already hyped up pretty well this offseason but i'm gonna go in a different direction i'm gonna go with Devonte Freeman. Okay. I think uh, you know he. Uh, they upgraded the offensive line, although they've looked pretty shaky um, preseason wise. But obviously, it's just the preseason. He's kind of like Fournette in that there's not really that much competition there. Um, Tevin Coleman got shipped off to San Fran, or he signed with them, so that opens things up. Ito Smith, me and you have had conversations about Ito Smith. We just don't think he's very good. Um, so there's that. Brian Hill, he's kind of shown a little bit in the preseason. He's like their RB3, but I don't think he's really a serious threat. So I think overall Atlanta's offense should be rolling pretty well this season. Devontae Freeman, by all accounts, is healthy right now. And I think that his touchdown upside in that offense as the goal line guy as the you know every down back is is huge and i think that atlanta should be you know a top 10 scoring team and i think that freeman is a guy that'll benefit from that but i do love the fournette call obviously since i also picked leonard fournette so love that call um like you said a lot of things have changed between last season and this season and one, one guy that, you know, you touched on, actually two guys I can think of right now who yes. had terrible seasons and then bounced back the next year. Melvin Gordon, his rookie year was terrible. I don't mm-hmm. I think he scored one touchdown or no touchdowns. Zero. And Todd Gurley, his second year, I believe, was absolutely awful. And yep. everybody kind of jumped ship on him, and now he's, you know, the guy that – Basically, everybody wanted prior to this, uh, you know, injury last season. So, yeah, the, all, the stars are aligning for Leonard Fournette, and I think personally, the stars are aligning for Devontae Freeman, especially after last year. He he kind of burned a lot of people getting hurt early and then missing basically the entire season. So, I think both of us are on the right track here with our comeback players of the year. And I think DJ is definitely another guy. He's a guy I'm super high on, as always. But just that offense, um, a lot of um, plays are going to be running. He's he's basically you know the bell cow for them. Chase Edmonds might spell him a little bit, but 
I think what he's got think huge about, upside. What do you think about Dalvin Cook this year? I'm not as high on Dalvin Cook as some people. Don't get me wrong. I think he's going to be a super good. He's definitely going to be an RB1, no doubt in my mind. But I think that Madison is going to have a role. I think that Irv Smith, not a lot of people are talking about him, but I feel like he could be a red zone threat. And then, and then you've got you know the three other guys, Kyle Rudolph, um, Stefan Diggs, and Thielen, all there that could steal you know those red zone looks, especially Thielen. Thielen's just a stud, but um, but obviously they they should be more run heavy this year. So I think Dalvin is a fine pick, but I don't think I'd pick him where he's going in drafts right now. Yeah, there's a lot of mouths to feed. Yeah, so he's he's a guy that I don't think is, in my mind, going to be better than Leonard Fournette. Well, he could end up being better than Leonard Fournette, but I just yeah. think he's going a little too high in drafts for my taste. But I agree there. I agree. I feel like we agree a lot on this podcast. We need to start, you know, mixing it up a little bit and start, you know, bantering. Well, you know what, Jackson? I disagree with that. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus. All right, let's move on. Um, <laughs> all right, we're going to go to our next segment here, preseason slash training camp riser and dropper. We each picked one. I will start us off. I'm going with my riser, Justice Hill, running back for the Ravens. So far this preseason, he's looked sharp. Their first game, he had 12 touches for 49 total yards. Second game, he scored a touchdown, really nice touchdown in the red zone. He was less than flattering in their third game, but I'm not too worried about that. I checked out some of his highlights you know, from, from this preseason. He's looked really good. Been in on a lot of third downs. He looks you know, like he's ready to be in on third down, catch a lot of passes. Um, really good as a you know pass blocker as well. Good vision. Not a lot of people are really talking about him. Um, you know, just like normal, like I'm trying to think of the word. Casual fans. Not a lot of casual fans are talking about him, but I feel like a lot of fantasy gurus and people that know what's going on are are kind of buying into the Justice Hill hype. I have a question for you. Yes. Do you think that's because of Mark Ingram and because they have Gus Edwards there already, people are scared to get their wheels churning for Justice Hill? I think that definitely, you know, plays a plays a factor. A lot of people are probably a lot higher on Mark Ingram than I am. I wrote up about uh, ADP busts here recently, and I had Mark Ingram in there. I think he's going in the fourth round. He's he's a guy that he's going to turn 30 this year. Obviously, that's not a great sign for running backs most of the time. I found this uh, website recently. It's called Fantasy Football Toolbox. Kind of a funny name, but according to their um, strength of schedule rankings, the Ravens have the best schedule for running backs this year based upon last year's rankings against the position. So... I think Mark Ingram's the one right now, obviously, but 
I think Justice Hill has shown through the preseason and through camp that he's going to be somebody who's going to steal touches away from Mark Ingram and Gus Edwards. And I think that he provides something those two don't, which is breakaway speed. Oh, yeah. And when you put that in the offense with Lamar Jackson already, you know, wreaking havoc, getting out of the pocket, and then also Greg Roman's the new offensive coordinator, and he loves to run the ball. And I think everything just lines up really well for Justice Hill early on in the season to, you know, break through with, you know, eight or ten touches a game possibly and room for more to expand on that. So Justice Hill is a guy that I'm definitely taking a long look at at the end of drafts right now. Yeah, I've seen his runs in preseason. He looks pretty good. All right, let's get your riser, Jess. Okay, so I just wanted to clarify right away. This is a player that I wasn't going into the offseason like, I can't wait to see this player next year. I can't wait to draft him in 2019. No, he's just the next big thing. I never thought that this is going to be somebody that the Twitter world and everybody was so hyped on. And this guy is named Curtis Samuel. Um wide receiver for the Carolina Panthers. He's been dubbed the MVP of camp by players and coaches around him. Uh, Ron Rivera said that he thinks that him and DJ Moore have no ceiling. Uh, There's been reports of when they're having joint practices with the Bills that Tredavious White, the uh, star corner for the Bills, was getting beat routinely uh, in practice uh, against Curtis Samuel, that Curtis Samuel was catching touchdowns against him over the top. White says Samuel is really shifty, runs good routes, and he's good at the line, man. (laughs) Uh, The biggest hype piece that I've heard on Curtis Samuel is that he's practically impossible to cover. And we have to keep in mind, this is the offseason. People are going to be hyping the players up. But it's been nonstop about Curtis Samuel. Um, It's been serious hype, but there's actually some good research behind it. I know I've referred to Matt Harmon a few times. Uh, He does reception perception. He grades receivers and their route running, their success against man coverage, and their uh, success against contested catches. Uh, Per a tweet by Matt Harmon, last season, Curtis posted a 74.6% success rate versus man coverage, which is in the 94th percentile in reception perception, which is very good. Uh, He's 73.7% success against contested catches which is also a pretty good number that you would like uh, when your receiver is going up against a defender um, he's had some injuries in his history he's played a total of 22 games out of a possible 32 in two years um, he hasn't had really impressive stat lines because of one because of these injuries and two because he was drafted for his athleticism this man ran a 4.3140 and he was used as a running back wide receiver in college. He was he was not a defined route runner until last year and until this offseason when we've been hearing all this hype. So he's really he's really taken the turn into a real wide receiver in the NFL. And apparently he's getting really good at it. So uh, Devin Funches is gone now. He's at least number two. I feel really good about Curtis Samuel. He's going, he was going late in drafts until everybody in the world started catching on to the hype. 
But I just wanted to give a little a little facts to the madness that is the Curtis Samuel hype train right now. Uh, he's, he's just MVP of, of the uh, preseason right now from what I'm hearing of all standards. So uh, Curtis Samuel is somebody that I'm going to be looking for in drafts. Uh, and I think that you guys should keep an eye on him. I love, love, love that call. Curtis Samuel is a guy I haven't really talked up that much this this offseason, but like you said, all reports out of Carolina have been that he is a stud. And, you know, you, you touched on it. Funchess is gone now, so he's going to be on the field every play. Plus, Greg Olson just keeps getting older and older and you know, he's basically a mummy now. So Curtis Samuel is a guy <laughs> that he's he's a guy that I'm definitely targeting as well. And once again, I find myself agreeing with you, Jess. Uh, yeah, I have no comment. Great minds think alike. All right, let's move on to our preseason and training camp droppers. First one here for you from me. I'm going to go with Kenyon Drake. Running back for the Dolphins. Kenyon Drake, yes. That's my guy, too. (laughs) Well, you're going to have to pivot real quick then, huh, Jess? All right, I'll think of somebody. So, Kenyon Drake, obviously dealing with a foot injury. I believe he sustained that a week or two ago. Already in a running back competition with Kalen Balazs, although from everything I'm hearing, he's not very good. Kenyon Drake has never really been a bell cow anyway since he came into the league. He's he's really I believe he's never had more than like 120 carries in a season. So it's tough to, you know, take him as RB 29 like he was going before the injury ahead of guys like Latavius Murray, who we know is going to have a, a role in New Orleans, possibly a goal line role Tariq Cohen, somebody who. Matt Nagy really likes, and he likes getting him the ball. Miles Sanders, a guy who's been climbing up draft boards. I know he's a guy that you really like. We've talked about him on this podcast. Royce Freeman, one of those other guys that you can't really base your perception of him off of last year because it's a whole new year and new coaching staff. All those guys are in better situations. All those guys are being drafted right around where Kenyon Drake was being drafted prior to the injury. And all those guys are in better offenses than I think we'll see from Miami. So Kenyon Drake is a guy that I won't be touching with a 10-foot pole this year. Uh, He might be back for week one, but even if he is, I just think you know a foot injury with a running back is definitely worrisome. So, Kenyon Drake is my preseason dropper. So, do you think the news about, well, not really the news, but uh, the performance by Kalen Balaj uh, in the most recent preseason game, does that hamper your, your expectations for what he's going to do? Is that part of, is that part of your take, or are you just, just touching on Kenyon Drake specifically? I personally don't want to invest in any Dolphins unless it might. I might take a receiver late, possibly you know a Devontae Parker, an Albert Wilson type. But I just, first of all, their O line's not very good. 
Yeah. Second of all, apparently they they might be trading Laramie Tunzel, their left tackle here soon, and I'm I'm pretty sure he's basically their best O lineman. So they're talking about trading him. Um, Kalen Balage has looked bad in the preseason, like you said, but I just think Kenyon Drake's a guy that the injury plus the bad offense plus. You know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, I think he helps a little bit with the offense, but him and Josh Josh Rosen are not flattering options to me, so it's hard for me to get behind any running back for the Dolphins. Yeah, I mean, I, I can firmly agree with that. All right, have you decided on your pivot here, Jess? Oh, yeah. Uh, I got a guy for you. I mean, I'm not going to have as many stats and stuff like that on it, but... I will say the injury buzz really does affect your outlook of people during the preseason, especially when your quarterback is somebody who has been a uh, part of the injury buzz in the preseason, not once, but going on the second time. Uh, and that's Eric Ebron. His quarterback, Andrew Luck, is not doing so hot right now, apparently. Uh, he's got an ankle injury that... Uh, well, it might be a calf injury now, and they are hoping for a week one start. So uh, Eric Ebron last year, he was one of those players that got brought over from another team. He got brought over from the Lions, and we know that Andrew Luck loves his tight ends, and uh, we just Eric Ebron had been kind of a bust as far as where he was taken in the NFL draft and what he had amounted to. He had a really bad reputation for dropping easy catches. And he went over to the Colts last year, and his touchdown percentage was just crazy compared to the amount of catches that he caught. He was a red zone monster. So because of that, I was already a little bit down on him this year. And Jack Doyle coming back from injury. Plus they have uh, another guy uh, named Mo Ali Cox. It's a very big man uh, who they also have been talking about preseason. So that's three tight ends right there. And for the snap percentage that Eric Ebron was getting, which it wasn't it wasn't that high. I think Jack Doyle was beating him out before he got injured. Um, Eric Ebron was fantasy gold. Yeah, and, you, you uh, struck gold with Eric Ebron if you took him last year because he was going like 14th, 15th round. Yeah. Yeah, and also you you got lucky if you had him before Jack Doyle got injured because then the snaps moved over to Eric Ebron. And uh, now that Andrew Luck is, well, whatever you want to call it right now, because if he's injured, then it's bad. If you think he's going to be back, then you might be able to buy the Colts players for an injury dip. So I would say... Eric Ebron is one of my preseason uh, droppers just because of the amount of tight ends that they have. Their their rapport, or uh, Andrew Luck's rapport with Jack Doyle, and because worst case scenario, Jacoby Brissett is out there at the start of the season, and then we don't we don't really have a good uh, a good uh, idea of what him and Eric Ebron are going to be together. So. That's my uh, that's my pivot. <laughs> that's a nice pivot there, Jess. I will say I did not expect 
to hear the name Mo Alley Cox on this podcast ever. <laughs> so that that was nice. Nice job. Yeah. All right, moving on. We're going to go to injury concerns. Obviously a big topic heading into drafts. A lot of drafts coming up this weekend slash next weekend. So it's important, you know, to talk about these guys and get get the information out there for the people. So yeah, let's uh, let's start off with a guy we just talked about, Andrew Luck. Um, right now, it's being reported that he has a ankle sprain or a calf strain, one or the other. Uh, Frank yeah. Reich, Frank Reich said, "There's enough pain that he's not practicing. That's what we have to get under control." Reports are saying that he's having trouble with side to side movement. I think that's a huge deal, especially with the way Luck plays. He likes to move around in the pocket, and that's that's a big red flag for me. They played the Chargers week one. You're obviously a Chargers fan. Vicious pass rush from the Chargers, and that's that's troublesome. I don't know if we're going to see Andrew Luck week one. Yeah, I don't know either. I mean, we've, we've done this. Plenty of times with Andrew Luck, and I know the shoulder was a real legitimate problem, and he ended up missing that season. Um, and then last year, you know, people didn't know what to believe. They were they were getting worried, and then he came out week one and, and did his thing. So I would just say, if you buy it that he is injured, that all Colts, all the offensive weapons lose draft stock and that you should hamper your expectations if you really believe that he's not going to be back for week one. Uh, if he doesn't play T.Y. Hilton, Marlon Mack, these are names that are not going to uh, – they're not going to be what you what their ceiling could be with Andrew Luck leading the team. Marlon Mack could be a, a, a touchdown machine on the goal line, and they're not going to have as good of an offense without Andrew Luck out there. And uh, We've seen what Andrew Luck and T.Y. Hilton can do together. Uh, we've also seen what Jacoby Brissett and T.Y. Hilton can do together, and it's significantly less. I will give Jacoby some credit, though. When he got thrown in there, it was at the last minute. So he just he had to just work with what he got. Um, and if you uh, if, if Luck drops far enough in the drafts, I still think that you could still take him. But I think that he's hands-off early and middle rounds if you're an early quarterback drafter. I will say Jacoby Brissett is probably a top five backup in the league, which is nice for the Colts' sake. But like you said, Andrew Luck, I think you could definitely get a discount on him in drafts. So if I think if you think that you're pretty good on the waiver wire with quarterbacks and you want to take Luck in like round what? Let's say he drops to like nine, ten, somewhere in there. Do you think yeah. that's reasonable? Yeah, I, I think 10, 10, 10, anything, 9, anything after 9 is reasonable. Yeah, um, so. if, you're playing in a deep, if you're playing in a deep league, you might want to draft a quarterback with your last pick, though, just in case he doesn't show up week one. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. so if, you, if you're good on the waiver wire and you think that Andrew Luck, this whole calf strain is not a big deal, and you're a believer, no, it, then then obviously take the discount and play the waiver wire week one. Yeah, and T.Y. Hilton and Marlon Mack are still going to have value when when uh, he's not out there. 
but their ADP is going to drop the more people get worried. So if you don't believe it, I mean, you're going to get T.Y. Hilton and Marlon Mack a little bit later, or you're going to have a, a better ADP for them if, if you think Andrew Luck's going to be out there. So if you don't buy it, go get them. Exactly. I like that advice. All right, next guy we're going to touch on here. One of your favorites, Amari Cooper. Oh, I love him. He uh, He's dealing with a heel injury. Um, we're, well, okay, we're, what, three weeks removed from when he had the injury, and I guess he's still not practicing. Um, apparently it's a ligament issue, and he won't play probably for the rest of the preseason, which isn't a big deal, but I think it it's worrisome from the fact that him and Dak haven't been working with each other recently. And I think that could throw their rhythm off as far as early season. What are your thoughts? Well, my personal thoughts are also personal bias. I've never trusted Amari Cooper in fantasy football, so this just keeps me away from him better. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, in all in all reality, um, like you said, he's got a heel injury. It was reported as a plantar fascia. Uh, intrinsic muscle strain is what they updated it to. And he says he's played through it before, and he's not worried. But if he misses time, uh, I would bump up Michael Gallup. He's been getting a lot of hype in preseason right now. Um, Also, Cobb and Witten are probably going to get some more targets. But Gallup would really be the only one I would be interested for fantasy purposes, besides maybe some deep leagues, some 14-teamers, some 18 teamers for people out there that are crazy that play in 18 team leagues. Uh, but yeah, Michael Gallup would be the guy I'd be looking at. Um, I mean, if, if Amari Cooper misses week one, not really concerned about it. If you're going to draft him, it's just one week. Um, and because of the injury, you could get him on a cheap price in the draft. So, um, we'll, yeah, I just say, pay attention to it. If you're going to be drafting soon, pay attention to it and see what they have to say. Fair enough. All right, next guy. I hope that this is the only time we mention this guy on this podcast. Yeah, I second that. Theo, I mean, Theo no, Riddick. <laughs> Theo Riddick. Um, he's a guy that has been past his prime for two or three years at least. But he signed with the Broncos probably, what, a month ago maybe, around that time frame. And he suffered a shoulder fracture recently, and he'll miss six to eight weeks. So obviously that is more – we're more concerned about Royce Freeman and Philip Lindsay in this scenario. I thought that this might help Philip Lindsay's pass-catching outlook, but I believe Devontae Booker has been getting in on third downs – during the preseason, so that's another name I, I never thought I'd want to say on this podcast as well. Yes. But that's the world we live in. So what are your thoughts on Theo Riddick? Well, it, well you, what you're talking about with Devontae Booker, it seems like uh, the ghost of Vance Joseph is still hanging around uh, Denver uh, <laughs> because he just loved to throw Devontae Booker out there for two-minute drills and ruin Philip Lindsay's upside. So... Thanks again, Vance Joseph. Um, No, I 100% agree with you. You know, Riddick, he got cut from the Lions 
and then very shortly after that he was he was visiting teams he landed with the Broncos uh, and with him out six to eight weeks I would expect with Devontae Booker getting the work that he's getting right now in, in practice and preseason I would expect probably around the same thing that we saw last year with the Broncos even though it's a totally different head coach um, you're going to get Philip Lindsay uh, in Royce Freeman split in time, maybe a more even timeshare than last year. Maybe not as high uh, as many carries that Lindsay had, and maybe they're going to rise up to Freeman. Who knows at this point? Yeah. Uh, but the main thing is, I think Booker is just making the roster. I think he's possibly going to see some time on the field, and maybe you'll get some flashbacks from the awfulness that you saw of Devontae Booker coming out last year and taking. Uh, the two-minute drill time, so it's a possibility. Yeah, I think this uh, this whole Theo Riddick going there, and then De- then Devonte Booker getting involved, it really really hurts Lindsey's upside. And then, like you said, I think the timeshare with Royce Freeman is definitely a probable situation. So I think Philip Lindsey's a guy that. I'm not really targeting, but if he did fall somehow and he was there and it looked enticing, I might take him. Yeah, I don't want him where he's at right now. I'd rather get Royce Freeman if I wanted anybody in that backfield in in a draft. For sure. All right, next guy we've got down on the list is Kiki QT. He suffered an ankle injury in their first or second preseason game against the Packers. It's not supposed to be overly serious, but with this guy who's, I believe he was a rookie last year or a second year player maybe, who's already, yeah, who's already been just, his name's just been littered all over injury news and reports and he's he's got a hamstring, he's got this, got that, now he's got this ankle, it's not a good look for a guy who, who's explosive, like, he's a guy that I would want on my team, but if he's not yes. on the field, it's kind of hard to back him. Yeah, he's he's really getting that uh, injury-prone moniker right now. He's uh, If I made a list of players that get on the injury report every other week, I'd call it my Humpty Dumpty list, and he'd definitely be on it. <laughs> um yeah, he's got an ankle injury right now. Uh, was it was it the first preseason game or the second one? I, I think it was the first. Yeah, uh, I haven't seen any updates since then. Uh, besides that, he's probably going to miss preseason. Uh, and, I mean, worst-case scenario could lead into the year. Uh, I'd say, for all intensive purposes, bump up your DeAndre Hopkins and bump up your Will Fuller, who would also be on my Humpty Dumpty list. <laughs> Even though Will Fuller is absolutely electric, yeah. that man can play football. Um, also, I just wanted to mention uh, when I would when I was watching, I did watch. This was one of the few games that I watched most of uh, when I watched uh, Kiki Kuti come off the field. I saw uh, after I actually I watched the, the highlights of this uh, game and DeAndre Carter was getting a lot of work. He was getting a lot of passes. This could be nothing. This could be something. So just, I don't know, just keep that name in the back of your brain. Kiki Kuti, he, he got his fantasy value off PPR value. And if, uh, 
there's somebody else that's stepping into that role, it's going to be valuable. So just keep that name in mind. Yeah, and you you kind of bridged it for me here, but I think that the guy that is going to benefit the most here early on might be Duke Johnson. Oh wow, yeah that that went right by me. <laughs> well, I mean, it's relatively recent news, so it's kind of something that might not be on your mind. But for Kuti, who was getting six, seven, eight targets a game, and they're you know those low A dot targets, I think that Duke Johnson is a guy that could definitely see a lot more work early on if QT is limited by this ankle. So that's something to keep an eye on. Yeah, and he's familiar with lining up in the slot, too. So, I mean, that could work out really well for Houston. Definitely, definitely. All right, last guy here that we've got on the injury concerns list is Marquise Lee. Obviously not really a big fantasy name, but for deeper leagues and, you know, my DFS chops, I felt like he was a guy that we could throw in here for especially week one, he's dealing with a knee injury. He's supposed to miss week one, according to everything that people are saying. Also, DJ Chark um, just got a concussion, I believe, last night. So right now, it's looking like a lot of D.D. Westbrook and Chris Conley on the outside for the Jags week one against the Chiefs. So you know they're going to have to keep up. And those are two guys that I'm going to be just plugging in on DFS lineups. So I'm going to be looking to get that Chris Conley hashtag revenge game going in week one. Uh, what are your thoughts on Marquise Lee? He, he's a good player when he's out there, but he's obviously another Humpty Dumpty guy. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Is it going to stick now? <laughs> yes, I like it. Let's let's keep that rolling. Uh uh, Mark Easley, I mean, I I don't know why. I, I, I watched a game last year where the Jaguars played the Patriots and Keelan Cole just destroyed the Patriots' defense. Ever since then, I've been in love with the guy. So I'm a little bit biased on my Jaguars receivers because I think, hands down, the, the number one target right now is D.D. Westbrook. So after that, wherever the chips fall, the chips fall. Uh, with the wide receiving core, but Marquise Lee is reportedly behind all other receivers as of now, and uh, I wouldn't expect him to get a starting role unless he works into it or unless another receiver gets injured and then he just kind of moves up the chart that way. But uh, as of now, yeah, he's got a knee injury. He got activated from the pup. He was in on the pup for training camp, but he is off the pup. Uh, but he's still not ready to play. So... I just pay attention to him. Again, uh, besides DFS plays, I don't really know where he if he's going to be relevant until later on in the season. So just keep your eyes open. Keep your ears open. Yeah, and you touched on Keelan Cole. I think with Lee out for week one and DJ Chark possibly out with a concussion for week one, Keelan Cole is a guy that could be starting in three wide receiver sets at least for the Jaguars. And one more note on Marquise Lee. This is totally random and unrelated to fantasy, but he is the only person I've ever seen in my life with a name with a Q in it that does not have a U afterwards. It doesn't? No, it's M-A-R-Q-I-S-E. 
Oh, he fooled me. That, every time I that goes, I put a U after the Q. That goes against every single foundational rule of the English yeah, language. Like, so I figured I'd bring that up. Yeah, I went to school with a guy that uh, his name was Michael, and uh, it was E A, not A E. So for a long time, I thought the E A was the normal way. <laughs> I got corrected real quick. It's A E. Yeah, there's there's some uh, strange characters out there. We'll say. I, I blame the parents trying yes. to make their kids' names uh, unique. Exactly. Stop doing it. You're exactly. using children. <laughs> All right, um, Jess, you got any other big injuries? off the top of your head that you want to talk about or are we going to wrap uh, things up? I wouldn't call it a big injury besides that the man's large and enormous. Uh, Cam Newton, he uh, he had a little bit of a, an ankle injury preseason week three, the most recent preseason game. Uh, he came back to the sideline momentarily after the injury, uh, after he was uh, – Oh, he was he was off the field and getting checked out by medical people. But um, he's been spotted leaving the game in a walking boot, a compression boot. Uh, apparently, that was just protocol. Uh, pro football doctor, he's awesome. Uh, a lot of uh, football analysts follow pro football doctor, so then they can get like nice scoops on what's going on with the injuries. And uh, he said that he didn't think it was anything too serious. He said it might be a foot sprain. Came out, it's a light foot sprain. And uh, Rivera does not expect it to stop Cam Newton from playing week one. But he said that he is trying to be, I can't remember the quote, I think he was saying cautiously optimistic that he will start week one. So uh, I think we're good on Cam. By the injury dip, unless you're in any of my fantasy football leagues, then Cam Newton is dead and you should not. <laughs> draft him I mean he's just not going to be playing because he's injured yep he's out he's out, he's out till week five so just uh, <laughs> don't buy Cam Newton alright Jess I think it's time to wrap it up I think we had a pretty good show today um, I appreciate everybody taking the time out to listen Jess thanks for joining us via satellite we always appreciate it and we're uh, we're getting we're getting close, man. I think it's uh, what two weeks away ish. Oh, oh, I'm getting nervous. Yeah, and you know you should be nervous because we've got two drafts coming up tomorrow. So, oh yeah. All oh, right. Yeah. It's it's a it's a weird, strange combination of feelings. It's like nervousness and excitement together. It's it's not good for the guts. <laughs> for sure. For sure. All right. Thanks, everybody, for joining us here on Episode 3 of J&J Fantasy Talk. 